Welcome to Bridges in Tech, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of women of color in tech fields. To learn about the things they're working on, the challenges they face every day, and how we can help others grow in the field. We also learn from leaders and allies in the field. Because we can't do this alone, we need support from others. I've had a great pleasure of interviewing people all across U.S. with different skill sets, different career paths, and backgrounds. My hope is that you learn of the possibilities within tech fields every episode. If you're new to the show, welcome to the family. My name is Joanna Udo, and I'm the host. If you've been here before, thank you for tuning in again. Please be sure to follow at Bridges in Tech on your favorite social media platform. This week, I sit down with a UX UI designer to learn to learn more about her career, how she got started, and how she's helping others grow in the field. So please join me in welcoming Ashley Janelle to the show. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on the show, you know, ready to share your knowledge and experiences with our audience. I really appreciate that. And to get things rolling, I am just going to ask you to introduce yourself. Who is Ashley and how did you become Ashley? (laughs) Well, 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 the Ashley we know today, I guess you've always been Ashley, but how did you become the Ashley that we know today? Yeah, so thank you uh, for having me again. Um, But my name is Ashley Janelle. Um, I'm a UX UI designer, so user experience designer and user interface designer. So what I do is I basically study human behavior and how people interact with certain products, uh, mainly digital products like apps and websites and digital platforms, um, and basically try to understand how they're using it, uh, what's working for them, what's not working for them, um, you know, what um, a certain application could be doing better, um, and work to enhance those those features or the app as a whole or the platform as a whole. Um, I currently work at Caterpillar, a construction company. Um, so that's kind of like my nine to five. So I work with our digital platforms there doing just what I kind of described, um, working with a lot of our customers who use a lot of our digital platforms. So they do things like checking the maintenance on their machinery. So if you think of like, the yellow uh, construction machines that you see out on the highway or in some rural areas, they're using digital platforms to basically check the health of those machines, kind of like you would a car, to make sure that they are running properly. Um, They can foresee any issues that are coming. We also have applications that allow them to work as a team. So there's a lot of productivity applications as well, productivity features. And so we sit down with our customers and our dealers, people who, you know, are in charge of, you know, kind of like a car dealership, the ones who actually are the middleman between the company, corporate and the actual end user, the customer. Um, But yeah, we sit down with our customers and and our dealers all the time and we try to figure out how we can make things better for them. So on the actual design and um, the the interface. We take everything that we've learned, kind of chop it up, figure out what we're going to, 
you know, attack and in what order. Um, and then, you know, we as the designers work to figure out, you know, what that solution is and what that looks like. So that's kind of my nine to five. That's what I do. And then outside of that, I run a company that basically um, aims to help people who are interested in starting a career in user experience design. So it's called Learn UX Online in 16 Weeks. And we are in our third cohort. Um, third, co- third cohort is wrapping up. And so I basically teach uh, UX to those who are, who are trying to transition into um, another career field. And we do everything from, you know, portfolios to interview preparation to, you know, the basics of UX um, and just really getting people trans- transitioned into another field. So that's kind of what I do outside of work and that keeps me busy as well. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you for that introduction. Wow. Uh, that sounds really, really cool and uh, fun. And uh, the second part of it being really, really helpful for people that need it, because a lot of times people have no idea, um, you know, how to become a UX uh, designer or anything like that. And even when they do, they don't know, like, what courses are the right courses? Like, where do I even get started? What are my prerequisites? So that's good that you're doing that. Yeah, Um, definitely. And we you know, we do all of that. Um, you know, there is a lot of, there are a lot of questions around how do I get started? What's the best way? What course is the best course? Um, I went to college for design. I picked up the UX part of it a little bit later. Um, but I understand what it's like to want more out of a career, want to transition into something else. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I've designed the course to come at it from that aspect as well. Um, And you have me as a mentor for 16 weeks. So, yeah. That's awesome. And you said you're in your third uh, cohort now. So 16 weeks, I guess that I'm so bad with math. I'm like, what is that a year? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, So how long have you been uh, doing the course then since I'm so terrible at math and can't seem to think of what? No, no, it's okay. Yeah. So, um, so I've been doing the course for the last seven months. Okay. Yeah. So last seven months and the course has evolved and it has grown and it has developed into something even greater than what I initially set out to do. I I own the course. I own all the modules. So I'm constantly updating them with new information. Um, As the industry changes, the the courses are changing. As I learn new things and want to incorporate them into the course, I do so. So it's really a great opportunity for someone to learn. You know, oftentimes you're learning from people who aren't in the industry anymore or might be slightly outside of it. Um, This is what I do every day. So, you know, I think that, you know, I pride myself on being a great resource for people who are really interested in, in the field and, you know, just have questions, you know mainly questions around like what does it take to get a role that's like the biggest question that I get and so um yeah being able to to answer those questions firsthand that's a lot of work how do you find the time to uh you know work nine to five and come back and uh still do all of this uh different (laughs) things with (laughs) helping the students as well as updating the courses and of course just the pure logistics of you know running a business. Yeah. yeah. As you say that, I'm shaking my head because I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, but 
you know, I do a lot of, you know, like <clears throat> working on the weekends. I think, you know, all people who do something on the side or, you know, run a business or, you know, do something outside of work. Um, there is a lot of work that goes into it on the weekends. Um, there is a lot of getting up before work or after work, depending on how you're wired. A lot of times I have to compartmentalize and I take maybe an hour or two after, you know, my full-time job, give myself a little bit of time. And then I set aside an hour or two to dedicate to certain things that I know that I have to get done. So um, it's really about just kind of trying to figure out, <clears throat> you know, exactly what it is that I'm trying to do at this moment. So like right now I am preparing for another masterclass, um, which will be coming up in a few weeks. So I know what I need to do for the masterclass. So I know, you know, how much time I have between now and then. Um, and so I take, you know, I kind of work backwards. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a challenge. Um, I'm, you know, I don't think anybody would say differently. Um, it is a challenge, but, um, you know, you just kind of figure it out, um, and you know, get it done. How did you decide you wanted to become a UX designer or, you know, or even start looking into it and make the decision? Yeah, well, I can actually start from when I knew that I wanted to go into something design related. So when I was in high school, my last year, I took a web design class and I really liked it. I think I really enjoyed creating things. I really enjoyed creating things that lived on the Internet. Um, and even then, which, you know, was a while ago at this point the internet still was not what the internet is today. And so back then I saw a lot of opportunity in, you know, what the internet could become, what could potentially live on the internet. You know, the way that we even kind of interact now is totally different than it was, you know, when I was in high school. So I knew that this was going to be an industry that I would be able to enjoy what I was doing. And I also really got into this industry because I never wanted to be tied down to a physical place. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that as long as I did something that revolved around the digital experience or, you know, design, I could pick up and move or travel and take my laptop with me. Mm -hmm. So that's how I kind of made the decision um, to go into something design related. It had a lot to do with what I like to do, which was design, and then a lot to do with like the work-life balance that I could potentially have. Um, and so from there, I went to college, got a degree in interactive arts and media, which is basically web design. Um, and then after that, I found myself wanting more out of a career instead of just design, instead of just like designing infographics and menus and designing, you know, I mean, I did a lot of cool projects that, you know, did a lot of really cool stuff for a lot of really, you know, big brands, but I was tired of just designing what other people wanted me to design. Um, and I knew that I had more of a brain that could have could be utilized um and so I decided to go the route of user experience design because it allows me to really connect with the why behind you know the design and not just necessarily doing something because someone says do it or this right. is what says this is what we need we actually take things into our own hands and try to figure out what you need you know 
in a way that involves research and strategy and all that kind of stuff. So it really was UX for me was really just born out of wanting more out of my career, which I can say from a lot of people that I've met, whether they transition from another field or they transition from something already in the arts, um, in the visual arts, it really stems from wanting more. Right. Oh, that's really, really good to know. Um, and there are a lot of people like that, that find themselves in a situation where they want more out of their career and um, but they don't really know. They, but you already sort of had a passion for design. So when you want it more, you knew where to start looking. And some people just don't have that. Or sometimes they don't think that it's possible. Yeah. Um, so they just stay content in where they are. Mm-hmm. And I applaud you for actually going after it and being able to, you know, get, get to where you'd like to, you, know, you sort of dreamed uh, for yourself. So um, what do you think was your biggest um, struggle um, sort of getting getting into the industry and um, doing the work that you love? What was the hardest thing for you or challenge, I should say? Honestly, I would say the biggest challenge was learning what good work looks like. Um, and it's funny because now I'm on the other side of it and I am the teacher, I guess you would, you would call me. And so it's my job to assess other people's work and to tell them why it is not, you know, design trends that we currently use today in, in 2020 or why this design looks like, you know, it might've been made 20 years ago. And a lot of that is just because of small stylistic tweaks, like design changes. It changes every year, but it even changes within that year. Like there are new, Mm -hmm. you know, every time you get a new like iOS update, like there's some new small tweak to the Mm -hmm. UI, like things are always changing. And so you can do one thing to your entire UI and take it back like 10 or 15 years. And so now I'm on the other side of assessing and having to explain and learning to articulate what a not so good project looks like or what a, you know, a bad portfolio looks like. Um, And so for me, I struggled with that. And so, um, you know, it really took me having to learn on my own, um, obviously talking to other people to try to figure out, okay, what, what does a good, you know, portfolio for a graphic designer look like? What does a good portfolio for a web designer look like? By the time I got around to UX, I pretty much had a good handle on it because I had been working in the visual industry, visual design industry for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. but for me, it took me a while to kind of figure out like, okay, like why isn't my work good enough and being, being able to step outside of myself and um, really assess. So I would definitely say that was probably the hardest part for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that uh, when you're still sort of new, uh, it's hard to be able to get your head around all of it. Um, Yeah. So what would you say um, is a lesson that you learned uh, through that process of getting into the field or sharpening your skills and getting where you are today? 
I would definitely say, I mean, I think the biggest thing is practice makes perfect. And for designers, you know, more iterations is better than one. So whenever you're working on a project, you know, you might have one look in mind, but to make sure that you do several versions, because not only do you learn to do, you, you know, learn to develop a, a design eye, is what we call it, along the way. So you become more objective about why your first idea may have been the best or may not have been the best. Um, by the time that you get a few versions in. And I think that's for any creative. You know, now when I'm doing anything, like I'm always creating multiple versions. When I'm writing copy for my website or landing page, like I'm always, I always have multiple versions of everything. So I can try to figure out what works better, what the goal is that I'm trying to achieve and how, you know, this copy that I wrote sounds or how this design looks or how does this image that I took look, you know, as opposed to this one and, you know, what mood is it conveying? Am I conveying the right thing? So um, I would definitely just say, you know, trying to be more objective um, is, is what I've learned along the way. That's great. Um, can you it's like <laughs> trying not to sound like I'm doing a job interview, uh, but can you walk us through like a typical project for you? Like from, I don't know, start to finish in this short amount of time anyway. So when you are given a project, like how does that work? I guess I'm trying to get into the head of a, a UX UI designer to see what your day uh, in a project looks like. Yeah, well, typically designers work in things called sprints. So they're typically two-week periods where you go from point A to point B. Um, and so typically what I do is we start with small things called features. Um, so this might be like if you think of like um, an application that we might have at Caterpillar, it might be adding a way for a user, someone who operates a piece of machinery to be able to see um, the hours on the machine, uh, kind of um, similar to like your miles on your car and then what they can do and then maybe allow them to be able to share that data or you know go a level down and do something else with that data so if we you know figure out or find out maybe through some testing through some interviews um, that this is something that would really help users um, and how it would help them um, we basically work to strategize to figure out okay what is the you know why do they want to be able to do this uh, kind of what is the end goal and then the, as the designer I work to try to figure out what that looks like and what that flow looks like as well in the application so what pages would we need you know um, you know, how would that work with another part of the application? Maybe that data shows up somewhere else. Um, and then from there, we might test it depending on, you know, how big of a feature it is where we bring in maybe some other operators um, who operate equipment and, you know, test it with them, try to get more insight into how they'd use it now that they can actually see it um and and play around with it and then we make tweaks from there and it'll go into development that's a very sh that's a very short um <laughs> answer to a longer process but essentially mm -hmm. that that's how it is um mm -hmm. and that's you know that's typically how how we work and when you get into development like do you um are you just designing certain parts and then testing them as you go or are you designing and testing at the end uh, when everything is done? 
Yeah, so we we work on more of an agile um, process. So mm-hmm. we will test things as we go along. Um, okay. And things are always in development. Like things, like things are always in development. So yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, so there's always time to like you know th- get this feature thrown in and test it, see if it's working. If it's not working, what we need to tweak. Um, so yeah, we we don't really get to the end of anything and then test. We kind of are you know confirming um as we go along which is nice yeah what is the difference and somebody asked this somewhere in the set what is the difference between like a software developer or a web developer and a ui designer (laughs) so i figured who better to ask yeah. So anytime you're you're talking about like a developer, that's going to be someone who is going to actually be doing a lot of the coding to kind of put it simply. Um, the UI designer is the one who has designed exactly what you see on your application. So if you open up your Instagram application, you see a photo, you see some icons, you see some text. It's placed here. You see text above it with a name, who's liked it, how many likes. That actual visual layout is what the UI designer has done. The UX designer has a lot to do with that as well in terms of placement and how things work and more of the Mm -hmm. flow of everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But the user interface designer is really the one who's designing and picking like the colors, the layout, the, the visuals, things like that, the mood, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the developer just make sure they bring that to life, right? Exactly. Make sure that it's functional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I figured I'd just let the expert uh, answer this one uh, <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of me. How has uh, being in this field cha- uh, impacted your lifestyle? And I know we sort of touched on it because part of uh, the reason why you went into the, this field was because you wanted, you know, a different life and you didn't want to be tied down to like certain things. Uh, but are there other things that this career has changed for you in terms of um, Yeah, I would say more recently, um, probably within the last year and a half, I've kind of gotten outside of what I originally set out to do, which was to help people. And that's still Mm -hmm. what I do. Um, Obviously, I have my course and that's still going well. Before that, I was doing some one-to-one coaching. Um, But that's this whole experience and having this online presence that I've created in these various communities, whether it's my Instagram or my Facebook group, um, the UX Career Accelerator Facebook group, um, or my Twitter, um, just really, you know, cultivating and curating these audiences for place for people to go, um, has led to other opportunities, things like this, like podcasts, um, you know, um, event speaking, conference speaking. Um, and it really allows me to, you know, I'm a UX designer. Part of what we do is research. So it allows me to do more research, talk to people, meet people, find out what people are really trying to do, um, connect with other business owners. So I would definitely say like, I think a lot of people who have any kind of business that has evolved will say that, you know, what they're doing now may not be exactly what they thought they were getting into. And that's a good thing. Like, you know, we're, we, 
you know, it's good to have an idea, but the goal is to evolve and to change and, you know, for your ideas to become bigger and for you to get challenged and, you know, go for bigger things and work with new people. So I would definitely say that's probably been uh, one of the best things that's come out of, out of all of this for Mm -hmm. me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically, you've created a brand uh, for yourself. And, uh, you know, people know who you are, and they know uh, what you are about. Um, Can you speak a little bit to branding, and how other people could sort of uh, do the same thing? And I don't know if you were prepared to speak on that or not. But uh, (laughs) because that's what it is, you have, uh, you know, created a brand for yourself and a lot of people don't realize that this is things that you know you should do or can't do um what are some tips you could share on that yeah so the first thing that I did so I would say before I started like any of my coaching or obviously the course um I went the route of um influencer marketing um specifically in the tech space which I still do um some of um it's not as far on my radar or as high up on my radar as like my courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been into like fashion and tech and blogging. So that was my first thing. And the first thing that I did before I did anything was created a website. Um, and obviously, you know, I've designed websites for other companies and other people. So I wanted a place for myself. So, um, you know, my website over time has evolved. I did a full redesign last year. Um, and it is really indicative of, I feel like who I am. Um, Mm -hmm. if you go there, you will get a sense of who I am just based on the images, the colors, the fonts. Um, and then that all carries over and that translates to my Instagram, all the imagery that you'll see there, all of the things that the content that I post. Um, and then that all translates over to my Facebook group. And then that all translates somewhat over into my Twitter account. Um, and then that really shows up in my other things like my master classes and when I do, you know, put out my calls for, you know, master class and I have a um new landing page and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that having a cohesive brand, having good photos, clear photos, having a message, um, you know, ties you together um, in all these different places, because now there's so many places where you have to show up, right? Like you have to be on Instagram, you got to be on Twitter and Facebook, you got to be on Facebook and Pinterest and it depends on what you do, but there's so many places <laughs> you have to show up. And so you want to make sure that you are consistent everywhere um, and that everything that you do is um, with care and it's done and it's, you know, it's, it's done as professionally as possible. Um, one thing that I want to say is, I don't want people to think that because I say the first thing that I did was when I did my website, that that's what you have to do. You Mm -hmm. can create your own brand and not spend a ton of money. You can create your own brand and not spend any money. I'm a designer and I love things like Canva. Um, Mm -hmm. I love Canva. (laughs) Yeah, it's so easy. And, you know, it allows you to do a variety of things. But if you want to create graphics, use Canva. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You know, I think that it's a very easy way to get the ball rolling. And the thing, like I said, like your brand is going to change. You know, you might start out today thinking I want to do influencer marketing and then tomorrow you're on to something else and that's okay. And what you don't want to have done is have spent thousands of dollars on a web designer, on a developer, on someone to do your branding because you're not really sure yet. Um, and so I want people to, you know, use the resources that are available to them. Um, you know, if you want to create a home for yourself, a landing page will do. And there are sites like Squarespace that will allow you to do those. Um, so I don't want you to think that you have to go out and spend a ton of money or do a ton of things to have a bunch of photo shoots for you, to, <laughs> you know, for you to, because all that stuff adds up, you know, um, we all have our own strengths. So obviously the web design was something that I, you know, could kind of do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we all have our different strengths. So, you know, if the branding is not yours, like I said, use something like Canva, stick to a few, you know, one, two, three, maybe colors, a couple mm-hmm. of, you know, one font, um, and, you know, and some good images of yourself, if, if that's what you're doing and, and be consistent with that first. Um, and, and don't spend too much time on that. But I would say, you know, your brand is not all in the look. It's just in you showing up, being consistent, Mm -hmm. being visible, um, all those kinds of things go into your overall brand. So I'm going to ask this, and this is a selfish, um, question. And that is how do you show up everywhere? Um, (laughs) so for me, I have everything. I I am on every social media. I've always been a social media, uh, hoarder or yeah is that what I should call myself but I've been on a lot of the social uh media platforms like when they started right day one right on there but I never use them consistently I like Mm -hmm. I was never there I always use it just to look at other people yeah I never use it for to share anything about myself so for the longest time I had Instagram and I had Facebook and I just read everybody's stuff. I don't comment. I don't like, I don't post. <laughs> and yeah. then eventually I started warming up to the idea of posting. But because I am on so many things, um, I feel like I always do this thing where I'm good on one platform. So like for a whole month, I'll be on LinkedIn like every day. And then yeah. But in that time, my Facebook and my Instagram my Twitter and everything else suffers until I get back to that. So I can never keep up with all of them. So <laughs> what, are, what are some secrets that um, I could use? <laughs> and I know someone else that is listening would be using that as well. Yeah. So what I will say to you is that if anybody says that trying to run, you know, three or four platforms at the same time and then still put out work, like obviously our social media is like a subset of what we do, right? It's like the highlight reel. I have this going Mm -hmm. on, that going on, whatever. Um, If if anyone says that, they are lying. Um, (laughs) Okay, good. I feel better already. It's difficult to do all things and to do them well. So here's what I will say. Um, if you can only commit to one platform and commit to that platform and do it well, just do Mm -hmm. that platform. Um, if you can do two platforms, you know, maybe you, you have LinkedIn down and maybe you can use, you know, some tools where you can do sharing out like on Instagram, you can share out things to your Facebook. So as soon as you post something on Instagram, it'll go to your Facebook. Mm Mm-hmm. 
if you can do something like that, where maybe you can go to all three or all four, I would try something like that. There are um, also platforms where you can stream and it will show up on your Facebook. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know where else. I think maybe your LinkedIn, maybe your YouTube. So I Mm -hmm. would say there are ways and there are programs that you can use where you can try to do, you know, one piece of content and Mm -hmm. share it all out. I would do that. I would also try to batch content, um, which Mm -hmm. is where you, you know, basically sit down for an hour or two, however long it takes for you to figure out what content you need for maybe the week. And Mm -hmm. you just write out all your content and then you can use a site like Buffer or Mm -hmm. there are a ton of different sites where you can plan your content, load it up, get it ready, say when you want it to post, what time, and then hit a button. Um, so content is one of, I still struggle with this. Like I, I'm not where I want to be with my Facebook. Um, I spend most of my time on Twitter. Um, Instagram is second. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram as well, but I don't post as much on Instagram. I think it okay. takes a little bit more for me to post on Instagram than it takes for me to send a tweet. So yeah, um, cause it's gotta be pretty on Instagram and Twitter yeah. can just be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So it definitely, um, you know, you definitely have to just figure out what works for you. But I will definitely say if you have one platform and you do it well, keep doing Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then when you're ready to introduce something else, introduce, introduce that as you can. Yeah, I can't say that I do any of the platforms well. <laughs> uh, I, and I don't know, and I, I don't know. Um, I struggle a lot with yeah. social media. I love being on them. I love, I love right. reading about them. I just don't do well with the sharing portion. Like I tell you, I live on Twitter, but mm-hmm. you, you couldn't tell that from looking at my profile because I don't. I'm not tweeting <laughs> I'm right. reading all the right. other tweets so uh but yeah exactly. I- I'm gonna be better <laughs> um so one of the things that I so when you uh when I asked you to be on the podcast and you completed the forum too is um uh, that you have a black belt in um taekwondo <laughs> yeah I do yeah, so that's I don't want to play with you. <laughs> well, I don't want to get you mad, I guess I should say. Um but yeah. um how long have you had that? So, I took taekwondo when I was from like maybe the 3rd or 4th grade to the 6th grade. Um so I went all the way up to right before I got my second degree black belt I think I just totally lost interest um that that's also a, a very long time to be doing anything especially for a kid um, <laughs> right so much in like 3 years and so I it was a lot of money and I think that you know for me to not get to a point where I wasn't taking it as seriously as I was cuz I was competing and doing all that kind of stuff that you know <clears throat> I just stopped but um yeah it was definitely a good experience but yeah it's one of those things where you know you always have um nobody can obviously take it away from you it was a really great experience for discipline being disciplined as a child and working Mm -hmm. towards something there was always something to work towards Mm -hmm. um and then you would either get it or you wouldn't you know you would get the next level or you wouldn't so I thought that was very um it was very rewarding um because Mm -hmm. you know there was no participation trophy 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was a different time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm just probably, I'm going to ask this uh, one more question and I think we can be done. Uh, and that is, what has been your experience working with other, um, or working with IT? Because I know that uh, you all don't consider yourself IT per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, but a lot, a lot of the designers don't. So <laughs> what has been your experience working with, uh, you know, the IT department or of your company or working with developers and stuff like that? So when you say IT, do you mean um, the people who actually help you like get set up and things like that yeah. or? Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a lot of things, right? It's either the people that are um, uh, uh, actually writing the code for the product Mm -hmm. um, that you're working on, or the people that maybe are doing other parts of that, whether it's, you know, what server it goes on or how it gets published or where it gets published and uh, things like that, or the person that's really just coming in and fixing your computer uh, mm-hmm. or resetting your password and stuff like that. I'm trying to get a feel of uh, how you view uh, IT people. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so um, so for IT, um, and I'll just speak kind of generally across various companies that I've been to, IT has been very helpful. I think that for a lot of designers, Oftentimes, depending on the company, but oftentimes we are the ones in the company that have Macs. And so that can give me uh, yes. because we're often not supported or we're the last to be supported when it comes to things. And I would, you know, I know that we live in a Windows world, but we also live in a Mac world. And so I would just like for there to be equal representation. So I will say from <laughs> that standpoint I have been very frustrated at times just because like there are so many things that are so simple that I can't do on my computer and it's like the mental gymnastics that I have to to go through just to figure out how to do common things that the person sitting next to me who has a PC has no issue doing you know just because they have access to certain things that I don't have access to because I have not um but in terms of like the people portion, I would say I think been typically very helpful. Um, always, you know, doing their part to make sure that, you know, that I or whoever is on the other end is good. Our problems mm-hmm. have been resolved. Um, so I would say that from an IT perspective. Um, from a development standpoint, uh-huh. sorry about that. Um, <laughs> from a development standpoint, I will say... Um, Developers and designers um, oftentimes have a very interesting relationship because we have to figure out how to speak each other's language oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, oftentimes um, designers will, you know, hand off something that we think is, is you know, is ready to go and it's good. And then developers, I mean, it's their job to go through and, you know, not even their job, but the nature of their job is to kind of poke holes in what we have because mm-hmm. they are the ones that they have to make it work. So everything with them has to make sense. Everything has to flow. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say for a lot of new UX designers working with developers um, can be an interesting experience because you might feel attacked or like your work oh, is, right. is being attacked, but it's really not, right? It's, it's perception. And I actually do a whole module on this, on working with developers um, in my course, because it's really something that if you are a new UX designer, you've never worked 
you know, for a company before you would, you would have no experience with. Right. And Mm so, um, you know, knowing what to expect, knowing what, what pushback is and what feedback is are two different things. Um, Mm -hmm. and knowing how to be receptive and, you know, learning how to design within the constraints of what your development team can do. Um, I think that's also very important. So that's what I mean by kind of learning how to speak each other's language. Language, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just, you know, really, really important. And it could take a while, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I think for new designers, you just kind of have to, you know, be open and be, you know, receptive um, and Mm -hmm. be quick when it comes to, you know, maybe you need to change something, maybe you need to rework something. Um, And, you know, like I always say, pushback is different than feedback. You know, people are not trying to, you know, typically, you know, come at what you've done. It's just, you know, they have questions and things maybe Mm -hmm. are not, you know, their job is to make what we design function. To us, it looks great. It it always looks great. (laughs) But they actually have to technically make it work, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's what I will say on the kind of development side. That's that's a really good point. Uh, I could see way to love hate relationship where uh, you thought that this uh, design totally makes sense, but you know to actually make it work, <laughs> it's not yeah. all that possible. Exactly. Um, but I also really love the Mac example uh, that you mentioned because uh, I think this happens across a lot of organizations. And my organization is one of it, and we struggle. Uh, with Mac users and, you know, our designers and like marketing people and developers and people like that have Macs, but the rest, everybody else have Windows. And right. uh, I made an argument recently, actually, where my point was that anybody should be able to get a MacBook. Um, and, you know, because if you're comfortable doing your job in a MacBook, you're more likely going to be more productive Mm-hmm. Um, than trying to learn how to do the same thing on Windows. Uh, so now your productivity has been limited because now you have to sit there, spend probably, I don't know, two extra hours doing something that you already know how to do in a MacBook. And it should just be this simple thing where if I if I like working in Mac, then I should get a MacBook. And if I like working with Windows, then I should get Windows. I see no problem with that. Yeah, um, I think that's fascinating because I have I have a work computer and my work computer is Windows and I have a personal computer and that's a Mac. <laughs> that's yeah, a Mac. That's so a- I'm constantly switching between both, you know, because the buttons are not the same. They don't do the same thing. So I'm now right, sitting yeah. on my Windows computer like oh, back. What? No, delete. Oh, no, that does <laughs> something else. And yeah. uh so that I, I like that you brought that up. So companies out there, help us out with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that brings me to the end of uh, the recording. Unless you have something else you want to say, want to throw out there, yours. <laughs> yeah. Just um, if you are interested in learning UX um, online with me um, as your mentor, like I mentioned, throughout the 16 weeks, you can go to my website, which is ashleyjanelle.com, um, A-S-H-L-E-Y-J-A-N-E-L-L-E.com. Um, and then I can give you a link to all of my social as well. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. at Ashley, I'm at, at, at the Ashley Janelle on Twitter, or excuse me, at the Ashley Janelle on Twitter. <laughs> and at the Ashley Janelle no e on Twitter because Twitter <laughs> because Twitter, Twitter. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, I'm definitely going to have uh, your website and social media handles and all of that as part of the description. Um, so yeah, connect with her, go to the class, become a UX designer. And <laughs> yes. The world problems because <laughs> a lot of these places I go to you like you go to a website or you're using an application and sometimes I go on there and in my mind I'm like who decided exactly. that this makes any sense <laughs> like why is this button all the way over there and why are the right. colors so dull <laughs> so, so. Yeah, I'm glad that there are people like you uh, that is helping those companies out. So, Absolutely. Well, no, thank you so much for, for this interview. This was great. Yeah, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I wanted to let you know that if you have any questions that you would like answered on this podcast, that you can email them to info at bridgesintact.com. If you have someone that you would like for me to interview or you would like me to interview you, uh, you may also go ahead and email that information to info at bridgesandtalk.com. Also visit our website at bridgesandtalk.com to learn more about all the other services that we offer. I also want to personally invite you to our weekly happy hour which is a great opportunity to connect with other technology professionals and learn about what they're working on, lessons learned, similar to the podcast, but we can all chat at the same time and answer any questions that you may have. So to get that information, you want to go to our website and click on virtual happy hour to get invited. I hope to see you sometime. And as always, you can find me on your favorite social media uh, platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Joanna Udo or Judo Hub. Until next week.